the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. Welcome, welcome back, everybody. I'm excited to be here again on BYU Radio. I hope everyone is having a fantastic pregame. It is almost game time, my friends. It's our second week on the air, but before we move on to today's big game, let's remember how we got here. Snap, hold, kick on its way. Money. It is through for three. Jake the Make does it again. One second on the clock. Needless to say, the Cougars had us on the edge of our seats last weekend as they pulled out an improbable victory over the Tennessee Volunteers. BYU had just three points at the end of the first half to Tennessee's 13. In the third quarter, the Cougs were able to score a Tyson Williams TD after an interception by Kavika Fonua, bringing the game to 13-10. The teams wouldn't score again until the fourth quarter with the Volunteers striking first with a field goal to add to their lead, making the game 16-10. The final quarter was a defensive stance with no more points coming until the final drive of regulation time. The Cougars were positioned on their own 20-yard line with no timeouts and the clock ticking down. It was heart-wrenching. With just 17 seconds left, Zach Wilson threw the ball deep downfield for an incredible 65-yard pass to Micah Simon that set BYU on the opposing 15-yard line with just seven seconds to go. A step up by Wilson. Deep man is open! It's caught by Simon! Oh, yeah, He's playing the 40! The 35 go, 30, 25-20, You gotta hustle! Line. You gotta hustle! You got to clock, clock will it. Stop. The clock Seven will stop. Seven seconds. The Jake Oldroyd was then called on to kick a 35-yard field goal attempt, sending it slightly inside the post and into overtime. To start off the first overtime, BYU scored on a quick pass in the end zone to Talon Shumway and took the lead 23-16. to Now single wide right. Bushman two wides left. Pulls it away from Tyson. Down and in. Touchdown! Cougars scoring OT! Talon Shumway on the reception, and the Cougars score six on the opening possession. Those responded, however, to tie the game and send it into double OT. Tennessee got the ball to start the second overtime, but BYU's defense held them to just a field goal. The Cougars needed a TD to win, and with a giant goal line push from the offensive line, Tyson Williams got the ball in the end zone and won the game with a final score of 29-26. to Tyson drove the legs to the three. The pile kept pushing, pushing, pushing. It ends up in the end zone. They were looking to mark it short. Then an official marked touchdown. The celebration was on, and they're looking at it. Reviewed by replay. The ruling on the field was confirmed. It's a touchdown. The game is over. There it is. Yeah, baby. The USC Trojans have a storied football program and are already bringing it this season. This past week, the Trojans put on a clinic, beating the 23rd-ranked Stanford Cardinal. Through most of the first half, USC trailed and fought to keep up with the Cardinal offense. But USC was able to rally and took the lead right before halftime, making the game 24-20 as the teams went into the locker room. Second half, the game was all USC. The defense did an incredible job of holding the Stanford offense to zero points while the USC offense took off. USC was able to score another TD before the end of the third quarter, increasing their lead to 11 points and making the score 31-20. to Just five minutes into the fourth quarter, the Trojans scored again, extending their lead to 38-20. to Started to pull ahead, folks. Before the game ended, the Trojans scored one more time to win convincingly by a final score of 45-20. to 
Scoring 45 points against a stout Stanford and holding them to zero points in the second half shows that the now 24th-ranked USC Trojans are the real deal and that the Cougars better be ready for a tough matchup today. Just thankful to the fans, um, fans that came here, and I know there's a lot of fans back home that watch this all over the world, and I uh, hope they know how much our players love them. And, um, you know, I'm a fan myself, so I'm just loving, loving what we did uh, this weekend, and we're going to keep working. Uh, we were able to pull this win off on the road, but, you know, now we need to build off of what we did and, and make sure that we're ready for the home game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium against USC next week. After the break, we're chatting with Associate Athletic Director of Marketing, David Almodova, who is the mastermind behind BYU's new pregame party spot, Cougar Canyon. Don't go anywhere. Did you know over 500 Trojans have been drafted into the NFL, including 82 first-round picks, both the most of any university? Together, we get an inside look into opposing teams, like when we'll talk to USC broadcaster Jordan Moore later in today's show, and we dive into BYU traditions and help our national fan base feel like they're in Provo for the game. A new tradition starting this year is the Cougar Canyon, and we're on the phone with David Almodova, the Associate Athletic Director of Marketing at BYU, and one of the many sharp minds behind the scenes of the BYU football fan experience. David, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me on, Lauren. All right, so we're gearing up for the second home game of the season today. How do you think things went at the Cougar Canyon for week one for the Utah game? You know, to be honest, I thought overall everything went well. We were nervous because it was a Thursday, and, <laughs> you know, and so we're nervous about, you know, people with work and right. people that come down early. And, you know, I got there just about just before 4 o'clock, and there was a lot of people. It was happening, and I think a lot of people were – enjoying themselves. I spoke to a bunch of people that were out there, and they seemed to be having a great time. And so, you know, for the first one, I thought it went really well, better than expected. When I, and I was down there with you, and there were a ton of people, and everyone looked like they were having a blast. They were excited. And luckily it was before the game, not after. But it definitely was a party, like you described. If someone hasn't been to Cougar Canyon, how would you describe it, what it's like there? I just describe it as a, it's a big-time college football environment. Um, a lot of different things to do, a lot of interactive things to do. And so um, whether you love music, you know, we had a live band there, had live music. We had an LED board that was playing the game before ours. Um, we had our men's basketball team out there signing autographs. We had, you know, photo booths and you know, our national championship trophy was out there. And you could take a picture with Robbie Bosco, obviously our national championship quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we had corporate sponsor activation areas, we had our BYU radio countdown, the kickoff show um, out there. And obviously you guys were doing your show as well from Cougar Canyon. And mm-hmm. I just felt like between the music, we had food trucks down there. The food truck lines were really great. People were eating. Um, and then right adjacent to that, we also had the Rock Cave there. And we had our BYU football alumni and their families there. And we had our you know current football families and Cougar Club. And so it was just great to have everything kind of centrally located um, as people are getting ready for the game. So basically, if you want it, it was there. <laughs> you, you basically described it. anything you would absolutely want in a pregame That's experience. Right. 
the other thing we're going to do is we wanted to make it adaptable. So we didn't want to have the same things every week. Mm-hmm. So every week as we go throughout the season, there'll be different uh, entertainment things and different uh, engagement things that will be set up there. So, What's going to be unique about this week's? We have a, a different band that's coming up from Las Vegas uh, that will be performing. So we're excited about them. Okay. Uh, we'll have Mark Wilson's going to be at the uh, alumni tent. Uh, signing autographs and taking pictures. We'll have our women's soccer team out there tomorrow as well, signing autographs, taking pictures. We'll have the same food trucks there. Um, Then we'll have um, just a few other – we're going to have like a foosball area, pool table area, just different games like that as well. Sweet. That's awesome. I'm going to head out there again. So what was the goal of creating a place like this for fans? Take us behind the scenes of, of what was it like when you were sure. when you guys were planning it. Sure. You know, I, one of our goals was just to try to enhance the game day experience. And so to do that, you know, we want people at the stadium early. We wanted to have people come and be around and be entertained. And, and it just creates a vibe on a college football Saturday. And so that was part of it. We also wanted to have our team walk uh, come through that area as well because in the past, the Cougar walk has been on the east side of the stadium, Mm -hmm. mostly where our students line up to go into the stadium for games. And we wanted to have our team come through more of the general population, the general public, and and be a part of that and see, you know, the people that were there two hours before kickoff and create that environment. And so we changed it up. We had the entire marching band, the Cougarettes, the cheer squad, Cosmo, and just kind of like a mini parade, so to say, mm-hmm. and for our team to be greeted. It just gives them, you know, an extra lift, an extra energy, um, some excitement as they enter the stadium. Yeah. And so that's, that was kind of the goal is just, hey, we want people to come to the stadium early and get ready for the game and be excited and create an atmosphere that's, you know, like most places have. Yeah. And you mentioned the Cougar Walk, and that it's one of my favorite things. Uh, throughout the years, and now it comes down Cougar Canyon. For the fans that have never been in Provo on game day, tell us more about the Cougar Walk that takes place in Cougar Canyon pregame. Sure. So we have our team get dropped off on the north side of the stadium. They'll get dropped off about two hours and ten minutes before kickoff. Um, and waiting up on Cougar Canyon is our entire marching band, 225 marching band members, our flag girls. Um, and then we've got the Spirit Squad, cheerleaders, Cougarettes, Cosmo, and it's basically just a parade down Canyon Road, um, and it's just a way to greet our team as they arrive to the stadium to get ready to play, and so they get to slap, you know, five with fans that are there as they're walking through, and so whether you're, you know, kids, adults, doesn't matter, and then you get to see Coach Satake as he comes down, and he wants to shake everybody's hand and slap everybody's hands, high-five everybody, and so it just creates a, it creates a great energy for our team as they enter the stadium. I love that fans get a chance to to see Kalani, and he's one of the coolest guys in the world. I just have to say, he's one of the nicest and the coolest guys ever. And the fact that fans get to interact with him a little bit, I just love. It's one of my favorite things about the Cougar Walk. So you mentioned yeah. some some different activities uh, that go on in Cougar Canyon, but what are some that families and kids can do together? Oh, you know, there's photo opportunities, there's photo booths, there's you know, throwing footballs through. You know, inflatables. We had inflatable slides there last week or last game. Um, and then, you know, just to take it all in. They can come and eat. There's four different food trucks, like I said. They can come and grab food, uh, pull up a chair and a table and eat, um, listen to music, you know, watch the games that are on before us. Hmm. 
And so just uh, those are all the different things that fans can do. A lot of people today, it's all about that photo opportunity, right? (laughs) That's right. It's all about Instagram, man. All about Instagram. So (laughs) we have different photo ops for people to come and take those with. Really looking forward, just a little sneak peek, really looking forward to next week. Next week's going to be really exciting. Oh, can you give us a little preview of what's going to happen next week? Can you? Yeah, so uh, a little bit. So next week's our, we're going to do a throwback game. Okay. uh, Tied into our 150 years of college football. Sweet. So as far as Cougar Canyon goes, um, you know, we're going to bring in some vintage cars from the past. Um, we're going to have, <laughs> I know for people who have been in our Legacy Hall, we're going to kind of re- recreate Legacy Hall outside in Cougar Canyon. Cool. There's a lot of trophies, a lot of older trophies. And you know, a lot of fans, I don't think, come into Legacy Hall. And so they can come and take photos of all these trophies that we have. Um, we're going to have next Saturday, Mo Elwanibi and Jason Buck, okay. our Outland Trophy winners. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll both be there taking photos of fans with their trophy. Cool. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah, so we'll have just a kind of a, a vintage, uh, you know, Cougar Canyon where a lot of a lot of cool things. We'll have old game programs out there for people to look through and old media guides. and So it should be fun. Man, I I love that. This is like a, a big BYU fan's dream <laughs> next week. They're going to absolutely love that. So I hope, I hope this becomes a tradition for a lot of years. It's an awesome thing. And you've been a BYU fan, David, and worked for BYU for a long time. What's your favorite BYU tradition? Oh, gosh. You know what? Just going to the stadium on game day. <laughs> um, I just I love being at the stadium. I love the, the pageantry of college football. And just, you know, the night before games, I don't really sleep, get up early that morning and <laughs> You know, I get my Cougar blue on and head to the stadium, and it's just everything about it. You know, the grass, the stadium, the food, the people, the fans, I just the marching band, the fight song. I love it all. I'm right there with you. Every time the team runs out of the tunnel, I still get I get the chills every week without fail. I've been I've been on the sideline for years, and I still get the chills every time the team runs out. It's so cool. Yeah. Nothing yeah. like Lavelle Edwards Stadium. All right, David Almodova, Associate Athletic Director of Marketing for BYU. Thanks so much for taking the time, David. You're awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. See you, David. Go Cougs. And Cougar Canyon is happening right now, so head out if you're looking for an awesome pregame experience with your family. Coming up on the show, we'll get an inside look at the traditions around USC football. But coming up next, we'll embrace the glitz and glam of the school next to Hollywood. This is the Cougar Tailgate. Did you know that USC has won the Rose Bowl 25 times? Michigan and Ohio State are tied at second place with eight victories apiece. The Spirit of Troy is the nickname of the Trojan Marching Band. They have been playing the national anthem during pregame, a field show during halftime, and of course, blasting fight on on third downs for over 400 straight USC football games. Most colleges have a student band that will do what the Trojan Marching Band does, but not every college is located in sunny Los Angeles and close to Hollywood. Another nickname of the Spirit of Troy is Hollywood's Band. It was the Trojan Marching Band in films from Hello, Dolly! to The Naked Gun. They were the school's band in a few episodes of the musical TV show Glee. They have visited almost every late-night show, including James Corden's Carpool Karaoke, played at the Oscars and Grammys, and even performed during American Idol and America's Got Talent. 
That is quite the resume. And in quite possibly their greatest acting job to date, it was actually USC's band playing the Alabama marching band in Forrest Gump when Forrest is playing a little tailback for the Crimson Tide. Maybe it was the director's connection to USC that brought the band to the set. Robert Zemeckis was a student at USC before he went on to direct the Back to the Future trilogy, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, The Polar Express, and of course, Forrest Gump. And unsurprisingly, he is not the only SC alum to go on to work up the road at Hollywood. Will Ferrell... Kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. ...graduated with a degree in sports information in 1990, ready to go into a broadcasting field. A decent career path, if I do say so myself, but it wasn't for him. He would get a chance to show off a little of that internship experience, though, when he was cast in Anchorman. Shonda Rhimes used her master's degree studying screenwriting from USC on her way to becoming one of the most successful showrunners in TV history with Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and How to Get Away with Murder, among others, on her IMDb page. Even John Wayne spent time at Southern California. He split his time on campus between studying pre-law and practice on the football team. An injury may have lost him his athletic scholarship, but it probably launched him toward becoming one of the most recognizable actors in Hollywood history. George Lucas, Ron Howard, John Carpenter, Judd Apatow, Forrest Whitaker, and many, many others can all call themselves Trojans. And all this talk about the movies got us thinking about our favorite football movies. Our producer Cole is a big movie fan as well as sports fan. Cole, what is your favorite sports movie? The obvious answer, Lauren is Remember the Titans. You know what? I was going to go there, so I'm actually really upset that you went there. It (laughs) really is obvious. I can talk about a couple others, but since we share a love here, let's begin the conversation (laughs) with Remember the Titans. I don't even know where to start with Remember the Titans. I mean, it has the racial issue that is overcome, uh, which tugs at the old heartstrings. It has the death of Gary Bertier, which is also tugs at the old heartstrings and can't, is, can't is a tearjerker. That, oh, that's my brother? That's my brother. Oh. oh my gosh. Left side? Strong side. Thank you, Cole. <laughs> oh, you didn't leave me hanging. That was good. Um, yeah, I don't even know. The little girl on there as well, Hayden Panettiere, I think is absolutely phenomenal. And I was about her age, I feel like, when this movie came out. And I related so much to her because I've always had a love for football. So there is so many different layers to why I Remember the Titans is the best football movie of all time. And we started talking about marching bands. I think it's the music of Remember the Titans that's that one more layer that makes it so good. If you'd asked 10 or 12-year-old me what's my favorite genre of music, I would have told you the Remember the Titans soundtrack. You know, the the rock of that early 70s-ish oh, yeah. that I attach to, and it's probably because of this movie. Hey, 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 goodbye. Seriously, the soundtrack is... So and good to that movie. Even even the song that Ryan Gosling is jamming out to, that that his black roommate's making fun of him for liking, is Act Naturally. I love that song, too. It's <laughs> it's all good. And There Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Oh. And Spirit in the Sky and Peace Train. Seriously, I, I could listen. I'm totally with you. I could listen to that soundtrack all day long and make it's going to make me really happy. Oh, yeah. It's just and, a good soundtrack. And Denzel Washington and Will yeah. Patton. Here, here's a not-so-popular opinion, but I actually think Denzel Washington... Phenomenal actor, but he is the same in every single movie. This is this is unrelated to this, but unpopular opinion. And it's and my I own. think Remember the Titans is peak Denzel as well. Like yeah, you get yeah. all those subtle variations of the same Denzel, but this is where he is just yep. the most Denzel. I actually uh, went to the T.C. Williams High School a couple of years ago Whoa. when I yeah I was visiting Washington D.C. went to Virginia 
and I met a assistant football coach who, who he was coaching at that high school. And I was like, can you please take me there? And he did. It's like this. It's a new school. It's really pretty. It's not actually where they filmed it. But right. the fact that I went to T.C. Williams High School, check that off my bucket list. That's how big of a fan of this movie I am. And it is. And so this is a based on a true story thing, too, because yes. those players actually were football players back in the mid-70s mm-hmm. getting ready for what happened. Another based on a true story that I think is normally at the top of people's Rudy. football list. It's, it's Rudy. <laughs> of course, it's Sean Astin. It's, yeah. it's win one for the Gipper. It's Notre Dame, right? That's very football-y. I know. I mean, we're talking about USC today, and so let's talk a little bit about their rival over there. Totally. Well, also, Sean Astin came to speak. Actually, Sean Astin did not. I totally lied there. The real Rudy came to speak to uh, BYU football a couple years ago. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, he, he's a big fan, man. He he likes BYU football a lot. I guess he had a really good experience here, but the, he kind of came to give them a, a a motivational speech before one of the games, and I heard it was awesome. I wish I could have been there. The motivational speech, I think, is a very important part of the football movie. Rudy's got one of them when the uh, former player turned janitor gets him to turn <laughs> things around and get back there on the mm-hmm. field. Um, any... Any Given Sunday, 1999, with Al Pacino. Kind of a crazy movie. It's stylized almost like you're watching SportsCenter. But the most, the coolest part of it is when Al Pacino is giving a halftime pep-em-up speech to his players, making sure they can get ready to go. I actually have not seen that. I've not seen that? It's it is a it's a weird kind of sports movie because um, the thing that football movies, I think— have a harder time doing than basketball and especially boxing is uh-huh. really making you believe that these actors are football players. Right. <laughs> um, and anyone that's seen a couple football games before can kind of tell that they're acting out there and the, the camera doesn't really belong on the field. Any given Sunday, I think, does it the best because it plays hmm. it like a highlight reel. It gets actual football people out there to do football plays and it looks good doing it. Oh, I need to, I need to look that up. A couple other good ones, I think Invincible with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yes. The Philadelphia spirit. Yes, classic. It makes every has-been feel like he can make an NFL roster. It is... It is the the perfect motivational speech. As long as they can run like a 4-3-40, right? Yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true. But I feel like any... Guy in his like mid thirties watching that is like, oh my gosh, that could be me. I still have a chance. I still have a shot. So that's a good one. Uh, Waterboy, you know, <laughs> the classic Waterboy is a great football movie. Um, once again, if you know anything about sports, you'll watch that and be like, they're not playing football. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't. <laughs> but matter. it's funny. Yeah, it doesn't matter in that movie. Yeah, it's great. So if if Waterboy had to defend Forrest Gump, <laughs> who wins the unstoppable force and the immovable object there? Uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Waterboy. I'm there gonna go with uh, Adam Sandler and that. What was his name? What's his name in that movie? Bobby Boucher. Bobby Boucher. That's yeah. right. Mom, mom, mama said. That's right. Bobby Boucher. He 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 has a different level that he goes on. I think he would win. I got another question for you though, Lauren. Okay. What genre does Jerry Maguire fall into? <laughs> I think it's kind of oh, I don't know how you'd describe the genre, but I think it's kind of like a Moneyball okay. type movie. You know what I'm saying? Like it's. Would you say Moneyball is a baseball movie? You could or you could not. You could say it's about more of the business aspect See, than actually the sport itself. I'll compare draft day to Moneyball, but okay. for my money, I think Jerry Maguire is just a straight romance that happens to happen while Cooper Gooden Jr. is playing football over on the side. Like, the, yes. the heart of Jerry Maguire is just 
Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger. Uh, and the <laughs> quotes that you know from it are, you had me at hello, and those are typical, like, rom-com-y kind of things. Totally. When they actually get out there and he plays football and the the injury that happens at the very end, that kind of takes you out of the rest of them. I thought the worst part of the movie was when they're actually on the field playing football for the only time despite so many people saying that this is a great football movie. Right. If the football part of your movie is the worst part of the movie, it's probably not a football movie. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I actually completely agree with that. And also, how did we forget Friday Night Lights? Ooh, movie Friday or television Night Lights. show? Well, both, but okay. I think the movie came out first before the TV show. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good movie. Not one of my favorites, but, I mean, it's pure, pure drama football. You know what I'm saying? So it is a football movie. Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. <laughs> Thanks for that southern accent, too. Can't lose. So whether they're serious sports movies or even the funny football movies, we can all come together. And, and Hollywood and sports and everything can join together in, in things that we love. That's right. I love me a good movie and I love me a good football game. Coming up after this, we're going to be talking to Jordan Moore, the director of social media for the Trojans and a member of the football broadcast team, so don't go away. Did you know USC ain't just a football school? They have won the second most individual championships in the NCAA and have produced more Olympians, medalists, and gold medalists than any other school. fight song fight on is one of the most recognizable in college football but what else do you know about usc today we're talking on the phone with jordan moore the director of social media for the trojans a member of the football broadcast team and an expert on the history of traditions of all things sc is that accurate jordan I got it. I don't know. Now I'm getting I'm getting nervous that there's going to be some sort of quiz, and I'm not going to have the answers. So we have, we have a bunch I, of I trivia in front of us. I, I wish I had my media guide with me, and I could just read it to you. No, no, you're good. We won't we won't test you that that hard anyway. All right, all well, right. Let's see what you got. All right, welcome on to the Cougar Tailgate. Off the top, what's one of your favorite memories of USC football over the years? Oh, well, so I, I'm not from Los Angeles. I'm from New Jersey. So I came ah. out to USC. I came out to USC in uh, 2001, which was the same year that Pete Carroll came to USC. Okay. So uh, most of my memories are, are from that real glory era uh, <laughs> under, under Pete Carroll. And, mm-hmm. and there were some pretty great ones for sure. Uh, some of the, some of the greatest games that were really ever played. Uh, I was right. at the, I was at the, the, Push push game in, in South Bend, the, the national championship <laughs> game that the USC won big. Also, the one that the USC lost in dramatic fashion to Texas. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think just some of the great games are really are really my favorite memories. It just was uh, it was just one of those times where you where you catch um, you know a dynasty. Yeah. I, I really saw it start really saw it start from the bottom. Pete Carroll went six and six in his first season, and then. Uh, all of a sudden, in the middle of the second season, they got hot and they and they, they ended up winning forty straight games. So, uh, just some of the some of the moments in that run were were really spectacular to be a part of. You decided to be a USC fan at the perfect time. Uh, you you couldn't yeah. have you couldn't have planned that better. Um. So it, wait, wait, before you're a USC fan, who'd you root for if you're from New Jersey? Uh, 
I grew up a Michigan fan. Ah, okay. Really have, I mean, nobody roots for Rutgers, so New Jersey doesn't really have <laughs> uh, a lot of college stake. And uh, you know, when you grow up back east, uh, it was it was always those afternoon Big Ten games. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, first, I, I think really the Fab Five was what got me hooked on Michigan in, in the early '90s, and mm-hmm. then uh, and then the, the football team ended up getting good. And the, the first college football game I ever went to was Michigan Ohio State, 1997, oh, wow. in the big in the big house in Ann Arbor when Charles Woodson took the punt back to, to beat Ohio State, send them the Rose Bowl, and then end up winning the national championship. So that was a pretty good indoctrination <laughs> into college football. I was uh, I was pretty hooked after that, and uh, I bet. And then, and then getting to USC and seeing all that winning, I've, I have been uh, very lucky. You've been blessed. Yeah. You have been very blessed in the college football yeah. Uh, yeah. arena. Uh, yeah. Michigan has an awesome stadium, too, by the way. Uh, they let, sure do. Let's go into who is USC's biggest rival on the field, would you say? Yeah, I think football-wise it's Notre Dame. I mean, obviously there is the crosstown rivalry which uh, with, with UCLA that, mm-hmm. that is, is very typical of a rivalry. I mean, it, it's it's different in that I, I think that the, the, the two closest rivals of, of, of any sort of intercity uh, rivalry in the country, the schools are, are very close apart mileage-wise, although if you've ever been to L.A., driving from downtown to Westwood is maybe uh, – harder than flying to some of the other places that we play or, right. or, or driving to the Rose Bowl, too, which is where UCLA plays their games. But uh, so, you know, that one has just sort of your typical local, you know, all the, all the kids went to high school together. So you, mm-hmm. you sort of have that fever. But I, I always thought that the USC-Notre Dame rivalry is so unique hmm. uh, in, in college sports, the history of it. I mean, you talk about tradition and, and dating all the way back to uh, you know Newt Rockney, and it was actually Newt Rockney who recommended to USC that they hire Howard Jones, and then Howard Jones was the guy that won USC uh, its first four national championships and really started the tradition wow. at USC. And so that's that's really where it, it all started. And and I've been lucky enough. Um, you, you mentioned being from New Jersey that. Uh, my my closest friend and I, he went to Notre Dame, I went to USC, and so when we left high school, we made a pact uh, to go to each other's game every single year, knowing it was going to be on the schedule. So I've been at every USC Notre Dame game since 2001, <laughs> oh and, my gosh. Uh, and it's 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 a it's always a special place to go, special time to go to Notre Dame Stadium, and yeah, and I think they feel the same way about the Coliseum. So when BYU plays Utah State, the winner gets the old wagon wheel. Does USC and Notre Dame do they have like anything that they exchange? For the yeah, rivalry, it's called a shillelagh. Uh, it looks like what? a little. It's called a shillelagh. Shillelagh, looks, okay. Yeah, it looks like a little club, sort of. Okay. Um, and it has little pins on it, uh, shamrocks for when Notre Dame wins, and uh, I'm blanking on what it has for when USC wins the game. But yeah, it, it, it's that's that's what goes back and forth. The shillelagh, and the then shillelagh. when you when. You, when USC and UCLA play. They play for the victory bell. Okay, so that uh, that's a bell that then the school holds for the next year and rings on the sidelines. Um, that's it paints, awesome. It paints changes the color paint, you know. So and, and it's it's supposed to be hidden. I mean, there's 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 uh, a whole group at USC called the Trojan Knights, and uh-huh. so their job is to protect the victory bell in the years that USC <laughs> has it. Unfortunately, that is not this year, as USC lost to UCLA last year, but. Uh, yeah, when the bells, it's a different, different kind of deal when the bells on the sideline. I'm gonna have to look up the shillelagh, and I'm assuming yeah, the more the more heated rivalry is probably against UCLA, just because of the hometown feel. Is that right? Yeah, I mean that's the way every USC fan will explain it to you that it's 
it's the USC Notre Dame game is rivalry is all about respect, mm-hmm. and the USC UCLA is is certainly more contentious. Uh, that's that's just sort of typically uh, <laughs> how it goes. Yeah, well, BYU fans understand that when it comes to the Utah Utes, just uh, yep. up the street about forty minutes. So exactly. So yeah, we all exactly get it. Kind of yep. Thing. Uh, so let's clear this up for everyone. USC plays at the Coliseum and UCLA is at the Rose Bowl. Even though USC has played their fair share of games at the, Ro- at the Rose Bowl over the years, what's the atmosphere like at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum on game day? Oh, it's pretty fantastic. I mean, thankfully, uh, BYU fans will, will get to take and travel a couple times. as There's a couple scheduled games coming up here in the future, and it's, it's just been renovated. So uh, there's some new modern amenities, but they did a really nice job of sort of protecting its history. Um, the stadium's just about to be 100 years old. It was originally built in 1923, um, and it, it has the historic peristyle and with the Coliseum, with, with, with the Olympic torch. Uh, it's held two Olympics. It will hold the third Olympics uh, wow. coming up um, when L.A., I, I want to say 2028. Um Gets the Olympics again, so uh, yeah, it's just a building of history. I mean, it's cool. it's really cool. I think um, for the players, the the tunnel is is you know really old school and unique, and and then you know sort of opens up into the field, and you see the the big peristyle end, and the, and the torch lights up for the fourth quarter, and hmm. um, you know as long as the team's winning, uh, it's a pretty great atmosphere too. And um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think even for road for road fans, it's a, it's a pretty special one to attend. That, that's on my bucket list to make it to a game uh, in that in the Coliseum. I haven't done it yet, but you have a student section that that's coming to Provo today. What's unique about USC's student section? Would you say? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, they, they as I mentioned that group, the Trojan Knights. They're they're always right front and center, and they'll paint something uh, on their chest different for every single game. <laughs> um, so you know, they're always uh, a good crew. Um, like yeah, like the fight on that uh, was missing a G. Didn't that happen yes, last week? The fight on, yes. The G <laughs> went to the G went to the bathroom and uh, they got caught on national television. That's, that's, that's great timing when right there. You paint your chest. You know, you're not allowed to go to the bathroom or get concessions or anything. That that should be part of the deal. Oh, that was um, fantastic. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I you know they have their little traditions like every other student section. You know, they're throwing people up on touchdowns and. Uh, you know, they, a lot of the USC, you know, student section, it, it plays back and forth with the band. And as you mentioned, the, the you know, the fight on and mm-hmm. uh, it, it is uh, 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 certainly a band that has, has uh, gained a lot of, of, you know, fame over the years. And, um, you know, I think they're really the sort of heart and soul of the yeah. student, student section. That's awesome. Everyone recognizes the Trojans stabbing the field at the beginning of the game. Yeah. But what is a lesser known tradition surrounding USC football? I mean that's a good one. There's you know there's all kinds of little things that yeah people wouldn't know. I mean there's a flagpole that everyone kicks when they walk to when they walk to the stadium. I mean I think everyone knows probably or the the iconic white horse traveler. Uh-huh. Uh, that's probably my favorite part though. I I, mean, I, <laughs> I I think what makes college football so unique is the live mascots. I think that that's such a mm-hmm. cool aspect of it. I've, I've you know I've been to games at Colorado and when the Buffalo stampedes around the field. It's awesome. And, and that's, you know, Traveler's the same way. So he comes, Traveler comes out every, uh, every touchdown and every start of the fourth quarter. And the, that's when the torch lights up at the beginning of the fourth quarter, another great tradition. So, 
Um, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I'm sure there's, there's lots of little things, as you said, the, you know, the drum major stat in the middle of the field. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's probably a bunch of different, different little ones that, it, that I'm not thinking of. Uh, and you know, the team has different, different ones as well. So, right. um, it's, uh, anytime you've been around a, a long time, then there's, there's all kinds of <laughs> little things that just sort of, they just keep getting tradition. added on to. Yeah, I mean, it's like the uniforms. You know, USC is the only school uh, that doesn't put names on the back of its uniform. Hmm. Um, you know, so well, little things like that. What is the reason for that? Is it f- for humility reasons? or? or... I, I guess. I mean, I don't think anyone's ever vocalized it other than saying it's tradition. I mean, I, I, you know, I think initially, you know, the way that... Uh, the way that we talk about it now is probably different than why it originally started. I mean, I guess physically mm-hmm. no one ever had names on the back of their jersey right. back in the day. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's the sort of classic case of, you know, if, if you're, they'll remember your number. Um, you, you don't need the name if you're a good enough player. And, and USC's had some really iconic numbers that have sort of, sort of become a part of that tradition as well. Uh, the, you know, number 55 being the biggest. Um, and that, that tradition is actually not that old. It started in the late eighties, early nineties with junior Seau. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, from then on, he sort of created that and, and gave it to the next great outside linebacker linebacker. And, uh, now they've gotten very, uh, particular with it and don't, don't really give it out every year. So they're sort of waiting for somebody to have earned it because USC fans are so into their traditions. That, right. They don't. They don't want to give it to anyone that, that doesn't necessarily deserve it. So, <laughs> um, you know, the, all the Heisman numbers have been taken out of circulation wow. and, and retired. The fifty-five hasn't been used in uh, in, in a few years. Uh, no one's worn forty-three since Troy Polamalu left. So, wow, numbers numbers are a big thing, I guess, because there are no names. I honestly love that they hang on to those traditions, though. I feel like that's a unique thing, and in, in in this day and age, it's it's unique. A lot of people don't like tradition. So I like that USC hangs on to those. So you, you've mentioned a few athletes and you've interviewed obviously some, some incredible athletes. Who's your favorite athlete that you've interviewed or gotten to know at USC? Oh, I, I've been lucky enough to interview a lot of what's cool about USC is, is how many great athletes there are outside of just football. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've, I've had the uh, opportunity to interview people that have gone on to win Olympic gold medals and win tennis majors and, um, you know, all, all, you know, obviously some great basketball players too. Um, just thinking on the football side, um, I don't know, you know, you, you interview people and, and it's really some of the characters are, are the most fun to interview, mm-hmm. uh, more so <laughs> than just the, the star players. And right. Maybe, you know, we've had guys in, in recent years like, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster is a great character now in the league. Uh, I always loved Dory Jackson. I, I think he was one of my favorite players from, from recent years because he had that that ability to, uh, you know, play both ways and, and just sort of uh, electrify a, a stadium or a game at any time. So mm-hmm. he's sort of my, my most favorite player from recent memory. And mm-hmm. uh, we had a great quarterback a few years ago, Matt Barkley, who uh-huh. – who uh, was our leader through some really tough times. And uh, I will say Matt's definitely one of my favorite student athletes that I've, I've been around in my time at USC. That was during the whole sanctions year and everything. And, and he really was uh, impressive, impressive to That's take awesome. that all on as a, as a kid. Yeah. 
How awesome that you get the opportunity to get to know uh, these young men. And like you said, other athletes as well at USC, it's it's a unique position that we're in, and it's it's one that uh, is coveted by a lot of people, I think. <laughs> it's a really fun job, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> no doubt about that. There are a whole <laughs> lot worse ways to uh... – a whole lot worse things to do for a living than, than yak about football and stand on the sidelines. So, yeah, I think I think a lot of people would take our spots. I totally agree. They can't have it, though. And uh, Because <laughs> USC sure. is right there in L.A., we've been talking about Hollywood today, too. What is your favorite football movie, Jordan? Ooh, now you're really getting into... Uh, <laughs> this is the biggest, this is the biggest thing I'm going to challenge you on today. Yeah, that is a good one. What is my favorite football movie? <laughs> you know, no USC fan could say Rudy, so I have to eliminate that right <laughs> off the top, even though, even though I think that's a really good movie and, you know, <laughs> brings the tears every single time. I love the movie The Program. Okay. That's sort of like an under movie, underrated movie I really like. I think it's a pretty, you know, it's it's obviously hyperbole a little bit, but it's it's a fairly accurate depiction of, uh, of, of college football. But I think I'm going to have to go with, well, my real answer is Friday Night Lights, the television show. Okay. That is, that I'm is right there with you. It's true, a good one. If, if we were to put football in any sort of entertainment context, but I'd, I'd have to go remember the Titans. Yes. Remember the Titans is probably my favorite football movie. Yep. I'm right there with you. I remember the Titans, my number one favorite football movie and favorite yeah. TV show, Friday Night Lights. There you go. I only made uh, it through season okay. one, though, so I I can't pretend oh, like I'm gotta, that big of a fan. But you gotta, yeah, you got to keep going. I know. I need it, to. It only gets better. <laughs> All right. My last question for you is, what are your predictions for today's game? Yeah, I, I, I think for uh, USC, we're all still in sort of a wait-and-see mode. Um you know, it's been an interesting season so far. There was a lot of pressure coming in on, on the head coach. And then uh, the quarterback, JT Daniels, goes down in the first half of the first game. And mm-hmm. everyone's sort of predicting doomsday. And then this, this freshman that <laughs> most people expected to be the fourth-string quarterback, who they surprisingly named the backup quarterback, well, now all of a sudden he's in the fire. And he looked just okay when he played in the second half of the first game. And then last week, with a full week to prepare, he came out and was the you know, put on the best performance by a, a freshman quarterback in, in USC history. So mm. uh, it was it was pretty wild, and I think it started to change a lot of people's expectations for right. what this season could be. But, you know, it's a young team, and it's their first time on the road uh, this season at BYU. BYU is pretty battle-tested um, and has a good quarterback of its own. So I think you'll get a pretty cagey game that uh, that'll, that'll be close for a while. And I think the, the question is, can, can the Trojans – separate a little bit to get the crowd out of it because mm-hmm. I, think it, I think it'll be a really good atmosphere and, and if the Trojans let BYU hang around long enough then it could get it could get scary at the end. It's going to be fun to see what those two young quarterbacks yeah. can do on the field today. It's going to be fun. All right, Jordan Moore, a member of the football broadcast team getting ready for BYU-USC kicking off in under an hour. He's also behind the official USC underscore athletics Twitter account. Jordan, thank you so much for being here with us and taking the time. Thanks so much. Enjoy the game. Coming up next, I sit down with BYU wide receiver Aleva Hifo coming off the dramatic double overtime win against Tennessee last week. And we take one last look at the history of today's matchup. Did you know that in addition to the Trojans, the Coliseum has hosted the LA Express Extreme the Chargers, Raiders, and Rams a couple times, even the Bruins and Dodgers. 
The first ever Super Bowl was played there, and it's been the home of the Olympics, soon to be three times when the Summer Games return to America in 2028. Tyson to the 5-4-3. Pilot's pushing, pushing, yeah. pushing, pushing, pushing. He gets to the he's goal in. line. He's in. No signal. He's in. They mark him short, but he's touchdown, in the end Touchdown. Touchdown. They yeah, signal baby. touchdown. He got in, and the Cougars win. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. Thanks for being here with us, guys. What you didn't hear in Gregor Bell's call was that Aleva Hifo was summoning his teammates emphatically into the end zone on that final score in double overtime in Tennessee last week. I talked to Aleva Hifo a little bit earlier this week about that moment and other great moments in the Tennessee game and what to expect against USC. It's going to be a big one. Um, Growing up from Southern California, um, I I grew up watching probably USC games more than BYU games, and I know that they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of guys who are recruited very highly. And uh, it's going to be a tough game for us as well. So I, I'm excited for it, though. When you look at their defense, how do you feel like you guys are going to match up with that? They're very talented, just like the defenses we faced the last two weeks, like Utah and Tennessee. And USC is, is no different. They're very talented guys all around. They have corners that can run with you. They have linebackers that can play downhill. And they have a good D-line. So all around, just for their defense, it's going to be a good challenge for us. BYU, I feel like in the last couple of years, has been really good on the road and really still yeah. on the road. How do you guys take what you can do on the road and, and do it at home? Uh, the biggest thing for us is just staying consistent. Um, first game coming out, I'm not sure if it was just first game. And being in that situation, we made a lot of mistakes that cost us against a good team. And Tennessee, when we went there, I felt like we were able to fix some of those. We still had a lot of mistakes, but um, ending that game, it worked out for us, as you can tell. And speaking of the end of that game, what, what happened and what changed in the offense from the end of that fourth quarter onto the two overtimes? Um, I remember um, our, our Fessy, he, he gathered us all together, and um, Mateos, and kind of got us in a huddle. It was, it was about five minutes left in that game, and I remember looking at everyone's faces, and there wasn't one down face, and, and that's how I knew that we were confident that we will be able to finish that game. And everyone was poised and calm. Um, that stadium was probably the loudest that I've played in since I've been here at BYU. So for us to go out with a win like that and stay calm, it's, it's really good for us That's moving so cool. forward. When did Fessy gather you guys? Like, when was that moment that everyone was still calm? It was fourth. It was fourth quarter. We just kicked the ball to them. They had the ball in their own thirty, so they were trying to kill. They were trying to kill time. They had five minutes left, and we knew that we were going to get the ball back no matter what. But we didn't know that it wasn't going to be much time. We got the ball back with about a minute and seven seconds, and. That's not the typical two-minute drill time that you want, but it worked out for us. So, How do you take that poise and, um, that you guys had and, and carry it on to USC? Um, for us, it's, it's like I said, it's being consistent. Um, for us, not putting ourselves in situations like that is where we have to play from behind. But if we start like that from the beginning of the game, we'll be able to just keep on rolling. So that's what we need to do from USC and moving forward. So... Your body language that everyone's making a big deal about on that last touchdown drive. Take me through what was happening in that moment. Uh, we had a play call as, a, as RPO, and uh, I had slants on. So my primary objective was to try to get in the end zone. And if Zach liked what he saw, he was th- he would throw me the ball. But he saw that they, he liked his numbers in the box. And so when I ran my route, I was already five yards inside the en- four or five yards inside the end zone. So when I look, took a look back. And I seen Tyson. I, pro- I I tell everyone I probably had the best view of Tyson, and 
in the middle of all that orange, Tyson's his feet were still moving. So that's when I I kind of I kind of I kind of paused for a little bit. I was looking at him, and then I just kind of gave a wave, and I was like, "Oh, he's still moving." So then I kept on waving and waving, and I was like, "This guy's gonna score." And then that's when I knew, like, and then everyone else was gathered around, and the pile was pushing, and as I saw him, his, I was re- kind of reading his demeanor. He was he was laying forward, you know, he had both hands on the ball, his feet were just moving, and I just knew he was gonna score. So I thought it was very funny and. The whole the whole waving them down thing, I think that's kind of a reacting thing. I've never ever done that before, so that's funny. So that's that a, awesome. that's how it all played out. Yeah, lots of people made a big deal about that. What is it about Tyson that that gives you confidence in a run game? He's good. He has really good vision. Um, he's a patient running back that that follows his holes and his reads, and he's also a running back that, that can run downhill, and that's something that we need too as well. All of our running backs can do that, so it's good to have a good backfield like that. That was wide receiver Aleva Hifo. Thanks, Aleva, and good luck in today's game. Let's dive a little deeper into BYU and USC's history. BYU and USC have only met twice in their history. The Trojans coming out victorious in both of those meetings, 35-18 at home in 2003 and 42-10 on the road in 2004. In the game in 2004, the team's last meeting, USC made its first ever visit to BYU and its first game in the state of Utah in 87 years. USC's offense overwhelmed the Cougars with 514 total yards, including 278 on the ground with four rushing TDs against the Cougar defense that was ranked 7th nationally against the run. Tailbacks Reggie Bush, recognize that name, 144 yards, and Lendale White, him too, 110 yards, became the first pair of Trojans to pass the 100-yard rushing barrier in a game since 1996. USC went on to win the national championship that year, which was later vacated. (coughs) But the Cougars now have a chance to totally redeem themselves. Thanks for listening to Cougar Tailgate, a production of BYU Radio. The game kicks off in one half hour. BYU Cougars versus the USC Trojans. Let's get it.